0: Well, I invite you to uh, turn, not in your Bibles once again, but turn uh, in your inserts. Uh, Don't turn there, but just grab your inserts with me. In a broken world, in a world where we ourselves are plagued with sin, it's hard to live a life of wisdom. Wisdom. That's because wisdom at its core, as we've looked at it these past several weeks, wisdom at its core is being captured and controlled by who God is. And the fact of the matter is that we are naturally captured and controlled, not by who God is, but by who we are. It's hard to simply remember what God says to us, let alone apply His words to our lives. But this summer we have been striving. We have been trying to learn, as your bulletin cover has said every week, the way of wisdom. Fueled by God's promises of grace, by His presence and by His power in our lives, we've been exposing ourselves to this great book of Proverbs, this slightly overwhelming book of Proverbs. When I began this study a couple months ago, it was touted as a summer study. Well, now that the summer, I guess, is officially over, here we are, the Sunday after Labor Day. I'm not ready just yet to put it down. And so we're going to spend just a few more weeks uh, looking at the book of Proverbs before we move on. This morning we turn to a subject that I have... Well, I guess in some ways I have preached on it, but not at least the specific passages that I know are well familiar to many of you here uh, this morning. Proverbs, there are four of them listed for you this morning, a short group. Listen as I read from God's Word. Train up a child in the way he should go even when he was old even when he is old he will not depart from it folly is bound up in the heart of a child but the rod of discipline drives it far from him discipline your son and he will give you rest he will give delight to your heart whoever spares the rod hates his son but he who loves him Is diligent to discipline him. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. I wonder how many of you in this room remember the Brady's, better known as the Brady Bunch. Or how about uh, the Seavers? Growing Pains? Or how about the Keatons? Family Ties. And who can forget the Huxtables from the Cosby Show? I, I'm pretty sure that in the course of my tenure here, I have proved to you time and time again that I watched way too much TV when I was growing up. Of course, all of those families, all of those Names are fictional TV families that many of us, that some of us in the room had the privilege of having a front row seat to the family dynamics that were going on. And of course, there's plenty of modern day examples that we could look at as well. I want us to imagine for a moment a TV camera, our lives being a sitcom, The Hitchcock show, maybe. What would you see? Would you see wisdom in the home? Would it be noteworthy? Would it be good entertainment? Oh, I can tell you it would be good entertainment. Pretty sure if if you watched the Hitchcock show, especially if you watched mom and dad Hitchcock in the home, you would see things that would make you cringe. But it definitely would be good TV. Today, and then again the week after next, I want us to talk about wisdom in maybe one of the hardest places to consistently exercise wisdom. And that's wisdom in our homes. Wisdom at home. Now I realize in speaking to a crowd as... Diverse as this, that not all of us are at home, at least not like we used to be. I, I recognize that. Not all of us have relationships, other relationships in our home. Maybe you live alone. I realize that. Not all of you here this morning are parents. I fully recognize that. Because of those facts, there is, I think, a temptation for you to feel very far removed from this sermon. My encouragement to you is this, in some way, we all are aunts and uncles, grandmas and grandpas, Whether biologically, whether spiritually, we are those who are called to know the truth and to speak the truth in love to those around us. Maybe the next generation. And so though God's Word speaks very pointedly and very specifically this morning to a specific role, I encourage you to try not to tune me out. This is God's Word. There's something to be gleaned for here. Look for that wisdom. Look for how to apply this wisdom to your context. Well, I read four verses. Uh, I could have chosen a lot more verses on the same exact topic this morning, but from those four verses, I want to center our thoughts on simply one truth or one exhortation. For those kids who are taking note, this is kind of the one big point, and you're going to have to try to hear and listen for other things to write down under this, because there's going to be no more points. But the one exhortation I want us to hear this morning is this, the way of wisdom calls parents to disciple their children. Very simple. The way of wisdom calls parents to disciple their children. Now, in one sense, yikes! I mean, what a huge topic, what a huge subject for us to try to get our arms and our minds around this morning. Not only do the proverbs, does the book of Proverbs, talk much about this subject, but there are few subjects in our world that have spilled more ink than the issue of parenting. And I'm pretty sure that we all think we are experts at parenting until we have kids. Some of us were were talking last week around the lunch table about this very subject. As I was sharing my experience as a a smug single man, and then as a confident newlywed, I would see these parents in the supermarket and their kids doing certain things, and I would kind of say in my mind, wow, wow. My kids will never do that. My kids are going to toe the line. And then I had kids. And that all changed. And I could go into specific examples, but I can't. Because my kids won't let me talk about them in the sermon. And it's better that I don't talk about them in the sermon. I don't have to tell any of you, I don't think, that parenting is hard. hard. That parenting is, is complex. But let me start with this. Even before we get into the wisdom that Proverbs gives us about parenting. That even the best, even the most diligent training, cannot by itself instill wisdom in the heart of our children. We've got to know that. We've got to internalize that. I brought up this fact at the very beginning of our study of the book of Proverbs because this first Proverbs, Proverbs 22, six, is one of those Proverbs that people look at sometimes and say, what's the deal? I tried to be diligent in training my kids don't seem to be going the way they should go. And so I remind you this morning that Proverbs is not a collection of, of promises for us. Psalm 22.6 is not giving a guarantee, but it's giving an ideal, and it is calling us to faithfulness. To faithfulness in this area. And it's verses like these that remind us right off the bat Of our need for grace. It's just like our salvation. We can't do it. It's all grace. It's not a formula. There's not some magic equation. There's not some mastery of skills. But it's grace. And grace doesn't nullify responsibility. Grace doesn't nullify wisdom. But more than anything... This reminder calls us to begin parenting on our knees. To begin parenting by crying out. Every young person, every child that's sitting here this morning is part of the next generation of worshipers that God is raising up for Himself. Parents, you need to pray for them. Those of you who are not parents in this room, you need to pray for them. You need to plead for God's grace. Because as hard as we can try to live lives of wisdom, it's not ultimately up to us. But God has given us this teaching. God has given us these Proverbs And so if we were going to talk about these Proverbs, maybe the first question that you're thinking in in terms of the exhortation that I gave for us to hang our thoughts on this morning is, is why did you say disciple and not discipline? Why did you say parents are called to disciple their children? Well, there are two different Hebrew words that that are found here in these four Proverbs. Proverbs. One is translated train in the first proverb and the rest are translated discipline. And if we take them all together, it's very clear that the book of Proverbs calls us as parents to something broader than simply discipline. It certainly includes discipline and we're going to get there, but there are other words that we can use to translate these words. Even the word that's translated discipline, we could translate it instruction, we can translate it teaching, we can translate it correction. And so the way of wisdom calls parents to this profound privilege of not just disciplining your children, but of making disciples of your children. Or in the context that I want us to think about it, of being covenant keepers. You see, our relationship with our children is a stewardship from the Lord of the Covenant. Covenant. A God who has entered into relationship with his people. A God who said to Abraham back in Genesis, I will be a God to you and to your children after you. And so the training and discipleship of our children is part of the covenant. It's not just about your relationship with Jesus. It's not just about your relationship with your God. It's about your family's relationship to a God who has entered into covenant with you. And God gave you these children not just for your own joy, though they do bring you joy, not just for your own growth in grace, though they do sanctify us. But He gave them that His name might be praised, that His name might be exalted, that they might learn to glorify and enjoy Him forever. Now, I know I've said this to you in other contexts and in other texts, but God loves the family. God loves families. Certainly, God loves the family of God. We have talked about his love for the church. But I'm, I'm speaking even of biological family units in here. God loves the family. It's not just some helpful societal structure that He's put in the world to, to keep order. It's His means of raising up the next generation of worshipers. And I know I sound like a broken record to some of you, but I think we constantly need to emphasize this because sometimes in the larger church, Sometimes in the evangelical world, there can be this, there can be such an individualization of our salvation where we focus on me and Jesus and we miss this rich, important place that God has for the family and for making disciples of our children. Deuteronomy chapter six, a familiar chapter to many of you. The Lord says to His people, "This is the commandment, the statutes that the rules, the statutes and the rules that the Lord your God has commanded me to teach you, that you may do them in the land to which you are going, that you may fear the Lord your God, you and your son and your son's sons, by keeping His statutes and commandments which I command you. You shall diligently." teach them to your children talk of them when you sit in your house when you walk by the way when you lie down and when you rise parents god gives you the privilege of making disciples of your children we've talked a lot about wisdom these past several weeks has have those Discussions of wisdom carried into the home? Have you talked about the hearts of your children? Has the word permeated your home? We don't wait and see if our parents, or excuse me, if our children choose to fear the Lord. That no, we instill in them a fear of the Lord that they can't escape from. That's what God calls you to. And I know I'm simply reminding some of you of this, but let it be a renewed reminder to be intentional about discipling your children. Fathers, take the lead. Mothers, support and encourage. There's no guarantee that they will claim Christ. And I know that some of us in this room, some of you in this room, are living that harsh reality. But it doesn't lessen the seriousness of the Lord's instruction here. Saturate your home with the Word of God. Instruct them in the ways of the Lord. Instill in them wisdom and lovingly discipline them with your God-given authority. And here we come to discipline. Part of discipleship is discipline. Discipline is a a hot button issue in our society. Particularly, particularly the kind of discipline that we just read about in the book of Proverbs, the teaching of the rod. We'll get to that in a minute. There's a Hollywood couple, Will and Jada Smith, who have made headlines by the way that they parent their children. It's a model they call permissive parenting. Their children essentially, I think they've got two or three, their children essentially self-govern themselves. Their parents only step in when they are asked to step in. Therefore, there is absolutely no punishment in that home. It's a a puzzling model of parenting. But it made me think this week in light of God's wisdom here in the book of Proverbs, what would drive someone to parent like that? I think at least two things. Lack of knowledge concerning two things. And the first is Will and Jada Smith don't understand that their, par- that their kids are born messed up. And two, they don't understand that discipline is love. And we find both things here in these Proverbs. Folly is bound up in the heart of, chi- heart of a child. David wrote in Psalm 51, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. He's not saying that the act of conception was sinful. He is saying that from the very point of conception, even before he came out of the womb, that his heart was bent towards rebellion. God's Word teaches that. God's Word proclaims it. But I can tell you from my own experience that experience will confirm it. Goodness does not naturally ooze out of a two-year-old. Selfishness does. We're not naturally followers. We are naturally rebels. We are not naturally good. We are naturally inclined to evil and to self. And therefore, from the very get-go, we must learn through consistent, loving discipline The way that we should go. And so parents, as you disciple your children, that includes disciplining your children. Now there is not a one-size-fits-all answer to that question of discipline. And surely I can't cover all the bases of discipline in the next ten minutes. But I can say this, from God's Word, I think we need to avoid, in thinking on this issue, we need to avoid two extremes. Let's just move right to the hot button issue. On one extreme, we need to not be scared of the rod. The rod, which is otherwise known as spanking. There's a lot of pressure in our society. There's a lot of pressure in our world to completely abandon this kind of discipline. Thirty-five nations in Europe, Latin America, and Africa have banned the practice of spanking in their nations. And it's not just in the world, but even as recently as two years ago, the Presbyterian church... USA, not our denomination, but the Presbyterian Church USA, approved a motion that condemns all forms of corporal punishment anywhere, even inside the home. Now, in light of this, let me just say this real clearly God sanctions and even encourages this kind of training. knowing the stubbornness of our hearts, God has made it a tool. It's not a tool to make our children quote-unquote pay the price. It's a tool to effectively convey to them the seriousness of sin. Are there abuses? Absolutely, there are abuses. Do we need to be careful? Absolutely. We must be careful. And this is worth just camping out on for a moment. The rod, as is spoken of here in the book of Proverbs, must always be used with the utmost care. Now I could talk a lot about this. If you want to hear more of my thoughts on this, I actually have a great document that my father created Uh, on this subject, in terms of guidelines. It's a wonderful, wonderful document. I'd be glad to to share it with you. But let me just say a, a couple brief things. The rod must be used sparingly and slowly, with a lot of words, with a lot of tenderness, without any hint of anger or retaliation. Brothers and sisters, let me tell you from experience, it is hard to do. It is hard to do. Parents need to know themselves. They need to know their own tendencies and they need to be careful to not overstep their bounds. Whoever spares the rod hates his son. We need to discipline our children. We need to disciple our children. Well, the other extreme that I want us to avoid is thinking that spanking or that the rod, as it's spoken of here in the Scriptures, is the only way. That if we're really going to be hardcore, faithful Christians, that we've got to use it a lot. There are some people like that. Some are so zealous that they see the Scriptures sanctioning of corporal punishment as an absolute for every child in every situation. My dad actually tells me the story of of counseling a man when he was in seminary of counseling a man who was spanking his six-week-old baby. There are limits. There is an age appropriateness both in youth as well as in age. Age. And while one form of discipline may be effective for some, there may be, as I've been taught before, there may be other types of currency that your children respond to. But even in those types, you need to be careful. We need to be careful. We need to have discernment, as we talked about a couple weeks ago, that we are disciplining with wisdom. It's a touchy subject. No doubt. We need to pray for wisdom to do it wisely. Getting back to the Smiths, the other thing I think that they miss is not only that their children are born messed up and are in need of correction right out of the gate, but they misunderstand that discipline is good Because discipline is love. He who loves him is diligent to discipline him. You see, the discipline that we give to our children simply reflects the discipline that our Heavenly Father gives to us. The Lord told the church at Laodicea, Those whom I love, I reprove and I discipline, so be zealous and repent. And then even in a more full way, the writer of the Hebrews writes in Hebrews 12, 9-11, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they discipline us for a short time as it seemed best to them. But He, that is God, disciplines for our good so that we may share in His holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. You see, when I think about discipline, how thankful I am that the Lord doesn't just leave me to my own way, but He corrects me, even harshly at times, that I might not hurt myself. This week, as I've been wrestling with these verses, I was reminded of Psalm 127, that great psalm that speaks of the blessing of children, that speaks of the blessing of the man, and I'll just say the blessing of the church, whose quiver is full of them. And the psalmist speaks of them as arrows in the hands of a warrior. And I preached on that psalm one time and remember what I said about Spurgeon's comments that that, yes, we have these arrows but they're crooked. And we we need to straighten them out so that they fly straight and true for the King. The way of wisdom, the way of discipline, the way of discipleship calls us to that. Parents, Spiritual parents, aunts and uncles, spiritual aunts and uncles. Pray and disciple. I know that my family has prayed for me and continues to pray for me and pray for my kids. I invite you uh, to do the same, that God would give us grace. To discipline wisely. To disciple well for His glory. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your Word this morning. Father, I pray that as we continue to think and digest what it says to us, that we wouldn't let the current of the culture dictate what or how we receive the wisdom of Your Word. But may we, with realistic views of our own hearts, of our own weakness, of the things that we're susceptible to, may we strive to disciple and to discipline with love, with tenderness, with firmness, in the way that You call us to, in the way that You invite us to, in the way that You have said that is wise, and in the way that You ultimately have dealt with us. Father, it's hard. We need Your grace. And so I pray that You would give it to us. That we might walk lives that might clearly be an example Lives that clearly might commend to the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of our God. Oh Father, build your church through us, through these families, through the extension of the families that goes outside of this room. For your glory we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.